You're listening to the Jewish Living Podcast. I'm Rabbi Nachum Mech. Shalom, everyone. We ready to roll? Jewish Living. Last week, we spoke about what I think is really one of the most important and relevant topics <clears throat> when it comes to the laws of brachas, because it comes up all the time in everything that we eat. I'll do a quick review, and you'll see it's going to very much connect to what we're going to talk about today. We spoke last week about the ideas of ichor and tuffle, primary and subordinate foods. If you weren't here last week, you can check out the recording on anywhere you get your podcasts, the Jewish Living Podcast. I turn these classes into podcasts. You can find them there. It's also available on the Walt Kolo's website, lasvegascolo.org. And you'll see under the Judaism tab, you'll see links to all of these classes. By the way, I happen to review them myself. I find these laws, I just, I forgot them. And I'm I'm like, one of the, one of the reasons why I like teaching it, it's a good reminder, you know, and, and I'm always, I'm always re-listening to this stuff and re, re-studying it. It's very helpful. The basic concept of ikr and tafel, we taught, we've been talking about the different brachas that we recite on different foods. And that's great. We pointed out last week, so often the foods that we eat are made up of multiple items, right? They're made up of multiple items. So what do you do when you have mixtures? So we basically, there's this concept called ikr and tafel, that as a general rule, if you have a food that's made up of a combination, so we recite the bracha on the ikr, on the primary food, and the tafel, the subordinate food, gets kind of dragged along. You don't need to make a bracha on the subordinate. And the question that we have to deal with is, okay, how do you define, how do you figure this all out? In a nutshell, without getting too too deep into it, we we highlighted there are really two different types of scenarios. Scenario one is when you have a, a it's it's basically you have a, a a single mixture. So think about you have ingredients in food that's cooked together or really mixed up well together. So the way to sort of view it is if you have a mixtured food, it's like a new entity, a stew provided. Assuming it's cooked together, you can get in every spoonful, you're going to get multiple, you're going to get some carrots, you're going to get some beef, and you'll maybe get some rice. So those are three different brachas, but it's all mixed together. The way Judaism and halacha views it, it's a new entity. So now we have to figure out in this new entity, this single, it's one, it's one food, what is the bracha? So we basically saw there are three criteria in a, in a in a descending order or an ascending order, whatever. We said, number one, if there is actually a grain from the five grains, wheat, barley, rice, rice uh, beet, wheat, barley, rice, spelt, or oats, so then that's the bracha. So in our case, if it's rice, although it's mizonos, that's stew, it, it wouldn't qualify. But let's say it was a chalent and there was barley in it, so the bracha would be mizonos, and that's it. Doesn't matter quantity, doesn't matter any any other factors. If you have a, a chalent, which is again, it's going to be considered a single entity substance. It's one. It's a single food. Um, it's a mizonos. That's it. Provided that there is no grain in there. So then the next thing we we look for is, um, you know, what's is there something here that you really prefer? You're eating the stew because I love the meat. So then we say the meat is the ikker, it's the primary, and everything else in there is subordinate, and the bracha would just be on the meat, which is a shahako. If you're like, you know what, I don't like the meat more, I like everything in it. I like the whole mixture. I like the barley. I like the, the rice. I like the, the meat. I like the potatoes. I like the carrots. I like everything. So then we look at the majority ingredient. 
Okay, whatever is the majority ingredient, so that would be the bracha. Oftentimes, it's hard to figure out what the majority ingredient is. Talked about potentially sushi might be complicated. Another example comes up all the time, crispix. Crispix, if I recall, I haven't had it in a long time. It's 50% rice, 50% corn. So theoretically, it's a mizonos or a shahakal. It's hard to imagine I like the one half of it more than the other. It's, there's, no bar, there's no grain. There's, it's hard to say I like one more than the other. It's hard to determine you know, what's the majority ingredient. It's always best to make two brachas on different things. Crispix is a pain in the neck. You know, go, go Google it. Don't ask me what bracha to make on Crispix. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a halachic conundrum. That was single entity foods. There's a de- the second category is sometimes it's not a single entity, but something is clearly being eaten. Two foods are being eaten together. They're not mixed together, but they're being eaten together in theory to enhance one to enhance another. So we gave an example. If you, I, I, I like eating locks on a rice cake. It's not a mixture. It's two foods being eaten separately. So then the halacha is if one is being eaten for the other, I'm eating the rice crake, but I really want the locks. I just need a crunch with it. So the bracha is shahakal, and that's it. It's the 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 um, the next thing will be subordinate. With one caveat, Miz- grain can never be subordinate. So if I were to have locks and I have it on a cracker, but I really I want the locks. That's my primary food here. So then the halachas you're going to need to make two brachas. Because a grain can never be a subordinate in that kind of scenario. But that would be a separate scenario. And I'm eating two separate things. They're not really cooked together, but I'm eating food A because of food B. So then the halacha is food A becomes subordinate to food B. Or Sorry if I mixed it up. Provided that it's not a mizonos. Those are the basic overviews of Iker and Tafel. We said there are a couple other examples um, that don't really come up, but that's the basic idea. So far, so good. Everyone with me? What we're going to talk about today will at first glance seem completely unrelated to this conversation of Iker and Tafel, primary and subordinate, but you'll see in a moment, pardon me, you'll see in a moment it's actually very, very connected. Many are probably familiar. There's a halacha in Judaism that when you eat a, a meal with bread, hamotzi lachem in haaretz, you have bread, you don't make a bracha on anything else in the meal. You ever heard familiar with that? Everything else in the meal is covered by your hamotzi. And that is, generally speaking, a good way of looking at the world. How does that work? What are the mechanics of it? Is it just like some magic? You said hamotzi lechem in haaretz, you made a bracha on, you had some bread, and everything else just, you know, don't worry about brachas for today. So the truth of the matter is, the way it works, the mechanics of it are Actually, the same mechanics of Iker and Tafel, of primary and subordinate. Bread is just considered a super primary food. When you eat bread at a meal, so then we say everything else in the meal is now subordinate to the bread. It actually is following the mechanics of Iker and Tafel, of primary and subordinate. Does everyone follow that? That's actually how it works. Joel, did that make sense? So today I had the uh, bagel and lunch. And so I thought, okay, bread. So I did the blessing for bread, and then I did the um, also. Okay. Uh, ah, so we're going to see in a moment 
the beauty of beauty, the magic, the power effect of bread is it won't just call itself for sure. For sure, if you had a, you know locks on your bagel, you don't make a bracha on the locks. It's just and that's it. But we're going to see in a moment or right now, the halacha is it's not just that. It's really anything. Things that are brought in the meal because of the meal. So if you start off a dinner, I'm going to give a, a, an easier example. With a dinner roll, and you have bread, the dinner roll is considered the primary thing, even though it's not the majority of, of what you're eating, but bread, lechem, levav, was it? The hotzi lechem, and it's lechem, levav, and it knows. Ah, the verse tells us, I forget which verse it is. I'm now, I'm getting, I'm blanking. But the Torah tells us, the scripture tells us, really, our chazal tell us that bread is considered primary. Everything else in the meal will be subordinate. So if you start off your dinner, Let's say on Shabbos, you have a slice of challah or at any other time you have a roll, whatever it may, a dinner roll. So you're then to have a steak following that steak does not require the bracha, even though I'm not eating it together with the bread. I finished the roll. I'm eating the, the fries and steak separately. You don't make a bracha on that fries and steak. Okay, that's considered foods that are brought. Now, it's usually now, now we're going to see it's not everything, though. It has to be considered food that's lemazon ulasova, food that's for satiation and sustenance. It has to be that it's really like significant meat and potatoes. I'm using that metaphorically. Um, like it has to be real sustenance of the meal. Almost everything will be covered, but not everything, everything. Let's talk about the exceptions, because that's where it will be helpful. The first thing that would be excluded, that's not considered, because again, if you really think about it, the concept is it's considered subordinate to the primary. The primary thing is bread, which is considered, you know, a primary sustenance of a person. So anything that's for sustenance and nourishment will be carried along by the bread. But if something is eaten during the meal, it's not really for sustenance or nourishment, but it's for some other reason, it will not be covered by the hamotzi. You're going to make a new bracha. Anyone think of an example? Potentially wine. We'll get there in a second. The classic example is desserts. A dessert is not really being eaten for sustenance or nourishment. It's being eaten because you got a sweet tooth or for whatever reason we eat desserts. Desserts will always need, almost always, well, okay, there's going to be exceptions. In concept, dessert will always, in theory, dessert will always need a, bracha, a, a new bracha. So if after your meal, you want to have ice cream, if after your meal, you want to have candy, if after your meal, you want to have popcorn, you're going to need to make a bracha on those food items. Okay? And that is the normative halacha. That's the real halacha. Terrific. Glad, thank you for asking. Well, are there any exceptions to the rule? The answer is yes. There's one exception, and there's going to be an exception to the exception, and then there's going to be an exception to the exception to the exception. Okay. It's actually it's 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 one of these things that everyone thinks is complicated. I don't find this to be complicated at all. Um, you just have to really think it through. And, and even if you don't think it through, just if you know the rule, you'll just remember the rule. It's, it's straightforward. Desserts required bracha, okay? Period. However, let's say 
I'm going to set this up academically. Let's say for dessert, you decided to eat bread. I, I don't know. You wanted to eat bread for dessert. So then the idea would be, okay, you certainly don't need to make a new bracha on the bread, even though let's say theoretically it was it was a dessert because you already said hamotzi. And despite the fact that this is now dessert, but you already said the bracha on it, you're fine. Okay? What if you then put sugar and cinnamon on it and put it in the oven? Ah! And then you have... Okay. I'm going to build on what Joel said. Let's all go back to see how well everyone was reviewing. And if you didn't, you should be listening to the podcast again, right? Let's review. Does everyone remember one of the first classes we talked about was the law of Kisnin bread? Do you remember that? The laws of Kisnin bread. Well, just a quick review. There were, we, 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 all right, Joel's got it. He's got the notes. Kisnin bread for, for those, in, for a quick review, we saw all grain prod, right? Bread is, is flour and water that's baked. There is something called pasababa kisnin, which is kisnin bread. Kisnin bread is a reduced level. It's not quite bread, but it's not quite just the Mizonos grain product. We saw kisnin bread. If you eat enough of it, you have to wash and bench. Okay. But if you don't eat enough of it, we treat it as, as, as Mizonos. Everyone remember that? There were three three things that got you into that category of pasababa kisnin, kisnin bread. Number one, I'll, I'll remind everyone, see if you remember it. Okay, flour and water. But again, if it's kisnin bread, if it's flour and water and it's mixed with flour and water, there are other significant ingredients needed into the dough, like a, a ton of cocoa. That's what would be like a cake, right? It's flour and water, but a lot of other ingredients. So that would be one definition of kisnin bread. A second definition would be it's flour and water and you've made it into the dough. After you've made it into the dough, you then put other things on it. Pizza, we gave as an example. Or you can imagine a strudel of some sort or like a Danish, perhaps. You already made the dough. And then on top of the dough, you've put some fruit or something like that. And then number three is that if it if, is it, the third definition is if it's brittle. Okay. Okay. That was Pasa Baba Kisnin. Let's bring Pasa Baba Kisnin into our conversation of desserts for a second. Why are, where do these three opinions come from? This is all academic, so if this is a little confusing, don't worry. We'll give, give you the bottom line in a second. But the academics behind it is it's actually a matter of dispute. It's a three-way machlokas, a three-way disagreement among the early, early, early commentaries, the early Rishonim. And we follow all three. We just say, according to all three, it's Pasavaba Kisnin, it's Kisnin bread. But let's think about this for a second. It's very cool. It's very cool academic here. According to opinion number one, what would they? What would that guy, that rabbi, what does he feel about the other two forms of kisnin bread? What does he hold about the other two two uh, theories of kisnin bread? So he would actually hold that does it's actually proper bread. Did everyone? I want to spell that out again. According to the opinion number one, he would say guy number two and guy number three, like a, um, a strudel, a Danish and, and cracker, he would say you need a wash and bench on that. That's actually proper bread. Now, we don't follow that opinion, but academically, that's what guy number one holds. Guy number two holds that guy number one and guy number three is bread. Guy number three holds, everyone follow that? Terrific. What does that mean? Why do we I mean, it's interesting academically. And actually what ends up happening is in our example, let's go back to our situation. You had some bread, you had your Shabbos meal, and now you brought out dessert. And for dessert, you're going to bring out 
chocolate cake. So really, chocolate cake, it's a dessert, and you need to make a bracha, or even name is on out, you need to make a new bracha on the, on the chocolate cake. However, what would guy number one say? He would say, this is actually, well, no, he, I'm sorry, guy number one would say, it's kissing bread. What would guy number two and number three say? They would say that's actually proper bread. Now, we don't follow those opinions, but that's what that guy, guys number two and guys number three would say. There's a rule in brachas that Safek brachas lahakel, we tend to be lenient when it comes to brachas. And this is where the leniency goes actually in reverse. We basically, what ends up happening is if anything is pasababa kisnin, according to one of these three categories, we say, don't make a bracha on the dessert. If you follow the math there, I'll give you the bottom line. Let me just review that. The bottom line is, it comes out like this. Desserts require brachas, with an exception. If something is pasaba kisnin, it's kisnin bread, because one of the other three opinions might say it's actually bread properly. So we say, you know what, better safe, leave out the bracha, don't make a bracha on kisnin bread. And that is normative halacha. If you have cake for dessert, you don't make a bracha. If you have... Crackers or pretzels for dessert, don't make a bracha. If you were to have a Danish, again, that, that's that third category, don't make a bracha. Okay, remember, that's just the bottom line. If something is, is kissnin bread, if you're eating it as a dessert, you don't need to make a bracha on it. So we're really focused on flour. Yeah. So anything that basically, that's a simple way of, that's an easy way of anything that's flour and water. It's either crispy, it's either got other ingredients in it, like a cake, or it's got like filler in it, like a, like a Danish, don't make a bracha on it. It's an exception to the rule that desserts don't get a bracha, okay? Ignore what I'm about to say, but I'm going to throw it out there just for those who are, are if actually because the way it works is because it's based on a suffix, it's based on the doubt, if you actually were to come up with something that has all three criteria, the example Rabbi Feinstein says is it could theoretically, I don't have a hard time really imagining this. Certain apple pies are really crispy. The pie itself, the dough itself might have a lot of sugar in it and it's got apple baked on top of it. So that means it's possible to kiss according to all three opinions. So then you would go back to indeed making a bracha on it. It would be an exception to an exception. Because again, the whole reason why you don't make a bracha on the Pasababa kisnin on the kisnin bread for dessert is because it's a suffix. It's because it's a doubt. But if it's according to all three, it's definitely pasababa kisnin. It's definitely mizono. And you would make a mizonos. Doesn't really come up. Don't worry about it. But that would be an exception to an exception. And that would be the halacha. No. No. I can't think of anything. I've never really had like really, I mean, maybe like a real Danishy Danish, maybe. I don't know. In an apple, yeah, maybe like an app, maybe some real brittle you know, type of thing. If you did matzah, well, okay, good question, but good one. But matzah is only flour and water. So you got two out of three. If you had matzah where the flour had sugar, which you're, you're going to have a hard time finding. But the dough, when the dough was originally made, before it was baked, right? The dough was straight. was straight up flour water baked. 
it doesn't really come up. Okay, so again, practically, let's quick review. Desserts require a bracha. Except if it's kisnin bread dessert, don't make a bracha. I'll point out, and this is like, it's not an exception, not an exception to an exception, but it is something important to keep in mind. What about what, for those of us who happen to have eaten at my house on Shabbos, we had for dessert, Rice Krispies treats. Mm-hmm. That's a mizonos. You definitely would have to make a bracha on that because it's not kisnin bread. It's just a dessert. There's no question about it. Rice Krispies treats, make a bracha on it as a dessert. Does that make sense? Okay. So that's concept number one is, is uh, again, you have you have your mozi if it will cover anything eaten during the dur- during the meal that's considered for nutrition, but foods that are eaten for other reason, like desserts, we do make a brach on it. Questions? Okay, so, so, you know, it could be a sort of right? You know, sunflower seeds and fruits and your cake and whatever. So, so, the cake isn't probably anything, but, but every separate piece of candy is. And you will need a shahakal. Um, yeah, separate brachas. Crunchy cookies are you. It's probably going to be missing the 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 second criteria. Things aren't filled in, so you you would not make a bracha on it. No bracha, no bracha. They're always going to be pasav then. Okay. So except so again. Bread covers everything in your meal. Exception, desserts. Exception to the exception, kisnin desserts. Back to our exception to things that aren't covered by bread. The other types of food are just not really, our chazal, our sage, this is something you kind of have to, this is one of these areas where you got to, at least for me, I have a munas chacham, I have faith in my sages. They kind of know where to draw the lines. There are, our, our sages feel there are certain types of food that are just, they're not considered lasova ulamazon. They're not really eaten as for satiation and nourishment, but they're just being eaten as a as as a sweet. And even if you eat it for satiation, it doesn't matter. It's just as a food. It's not considered lasova ulamazon. It's not considered for satiation and nutrition. And specifically, I'm referring to fruit and melon. Fruit and melon, all the time that virtually all the time that you eat it during a meal, you're going to need to make a bracha on it, no matter what. It's almost always considered. In other words, the way our stages kind of view it, let's say you decided you're having, you ate your bread, and then you're having your main course, and you have some steak, some fries, some salad, some gummy worms, and then it doesn't matter. Gummy worms are a dessert. The fact that you happen to be eating it on your plate doesn't change it. It's considered a dessert food. Our sages view fruit like that. If you have fruit, even if it's at the beginning of the meal, I know like European, my grandparents of blessed memory, very European. They would start every meal like so properly, but at least 10 course meals. You know what I'm talking about? The old European, they would have like these 15 course meals. Every meal you had to start with a grapefruit and you would eat your grapefruit. You need to make a bracha on that. Okay, there are those who say, no, that point really is part of the meal. I can just tell you what the Mishnah Bruce said. People said the Chavtayim later on in his life switched off of that. I don't know. The Mishnah Bruce says, you make a brach on it, I make a brach on it. That's what I do. Uh, fruit like a compote, I find that stuff not to be to my taste. My kid, my well, some of my kids, particularly Akiva, is obsessed with compote. He like makes gallons of it at a time and takes over my whole fridge with compote. 
You would need to make, again, and then it is still a bar eights because it's not totally blended. There's still clearly fruit in there. You would make a bracha on that. Even if you're like putting it on your bread? You yeah, okay. If you're, at, okay, exception to the exception, if you're actually literally eating it on your bread, then you don't make a bracha on it. But if you're drinking it as a fruit soup, and by the way, that would be true with any dessert. If you're literally eating a gummy worm with bread, you don't make a bracha on it. Yeah, but if you're eating it separately, it's not going to be it's not going to be considered uh, subordinate, and you're going to need a bracha. Debbie had a question. Okay. Okay. It's an amazing, amazing question. Was that the question, Lauren? You were going to ask? It's an amazing question. I'll give you the answer. Bottom line is the answer: you don't make a bracha on it. Okay, but it is actually the Mishnah Brura has a whole discussion on it. It's not not all not everyone would agree with that. The reason why is it's a fascinating thing. For example, some types of chicken you put pineapple on the chicken, right? Let's go back to our class last week. If you were to have pineapple on a chicken, what bracha would you make? Clearly, in my mind, I think it'd be clearly be shahako. You're not eating the chicken for the pineapple. You're eating the pineapple for the chicken. It's, it's clear that is subordinate to the chicken. Okay. There's no questions about that. Let's say I start my meal with a dinner roll and then I have pineapple chicken. So the chicken is subordinate to the, to the, to the bread, but how does that work? Does the pineapple become subordinate to the chicken, which becomes subordinate to the bread? The Chavetz Chaim, the Mishnah is not so, so simple about that. He brings actually, if I recall, three different opinions. The bottom line is the halacha is you don't make a bracha. So a Waldorf salad, a salad that has a little bit of you know, some type of fruit in it, if it's really in an, in an ingredient in some other dish, and clearly that other dish is being eaten as part of the main part of the meal, so then you would not need to make a bracha on it. Okay? That's a very important halacha. Okay. Yes, but not in this. I think they would be, I guess if you just eat an olive straight. Okay, that's a good question. Uh, you would probably need to make a bracha. You would probably need to make a bracha on that. I'm not sure. I've never, I don't like never done that. I'm not a big olive guy. I'll ask my, I'm assuming you would. It's a fruit. It's, I, I assume so. I will point out a lot of times, again, I've seen whenever I have olives, it's in a salad. So it'd be the same type of thing. Yeah. Samantha, you had a question? Okay. So like, I Okay, so Samantha is asking the following question, and the mission of Brood does this does come up. I, I will flag this. Let's again. Okay, so Samantha is our exception. Bread covers anything that's brought in the meal that's the sova ulamazon that's considered for nourishment or satiation, not desserts and not fruit which are generally considered not really for, for satiation or anything else. One exception is if your entire meal is fruit. Okay, the Mishnah does say that. I, I believe it's in the Mishnah If your entire meal is good, I'm going to have a roll, and then I'm just going to pound the apples. I'm just going to eat oranges like crazy. Okay? Grapes. So then you would not need to make a bracha. Okay. But then because it's clear like that, I'm just, that that's my meal. But if you're going to be having other foods in the meal and you're just going to be, you know, at eating a lot of grapes, apples, you would still, you would, you would need to make a bracha. Grapes No, grapes would be the same thing. Grapes are fruit. Grapes would be fruit. Okay. 
A couple other examples that we need to talk about. What about drinks? So the truth of the matter is, the bottom line is, the halacha's drinks are considered part of the meal, but not everyone agrees with that. That's the normative halacha. Time permitting, we might not get to it. This, it, The fact that it's a matter of dispute will come up at a later point. I don't know if we'll get there tonight. But bottom line is drinks are considered part of the meal. One could argue that, no, it's not. I'm eating and I need a drink because I'm thirsty. It's it's separate. That seems to be the normative halacha. There are three different opinions on it. That's how the Mishra Bruce seems to come out. Okay. However, you can really start driving a wedge here with, let's say, whiskey. You have a, a, a drink of whiskey in the middle of the wheel, meal that's really lesova ulemazon. Is that really part of my satiation and nourishment? The Mishnah Bura, and again, the bottom line is the answer is Mishnah Bura academically seems to acknowledge that that seems a bit of a stretch, but he says the minag ha'olam, the tradition is we don't make a bracha on, on, on a, on a lachayim, on a whiskey in the middle of the meal. Okay? Which then leads to two other drinks that we need to talk about. Coffee and tea. Coffee and tea. Coffee and tea at the end of the meal, as it is almost like with your dessert, is really a big stretch to imagine that that's like really part of your meal. The Mishnah Brura really feels that way. He ends up saying, because there are other opinions, it's a doubt, it's a case of suffake. He suggests, the Mishnah Brura suggests, Make a shahakal on something else. If you want to have coffee and tea at the end of your meal, what he suggests is, uh, he says, make a bracha on a shahakal on some sugar that, you know, like a sugar cube or a gummy, you know, gummy worm, a piece of candy. That's what he suggests is the best option. Okay. Does that make sense? Which then leads us to wine. What's the story with wine? So theoretically, wine can be argued just like any other drink. Maybe it is part of the meal or it isn't, but the halacha is wine is special in its own. It's it's considered a davar chashuv. It's mipnei chashivuso, says the, the machaber, because of its significance, wine will will require a borei priyagafen. So if you're having a meal and someone brings out wine, you've got to make a bracha of borei priyagafen. Yes, that's the bracha vatova ametiv. That's for a... It's complicated. That's if you have a cup of what you in any scenario. It's not even not that's not a meal issue. If you have a bottle of wine and then you want to bring out a separate separate bottle of wine, secondly, there there could be scenarios where you make a different bracha called atova amative. It practically doesn't come up very often. So let's let's put a big circle around that for now. Okay, so far so good. That's the law of meals. Joel, did we answer your original question? I don't remember what your original question was. Oh, you 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 washed. You had something. The answer is it, it, what's that? On what, on what was it? Was on the, uh, the bread, the sugar, and the cinnamon, and I bake it, it gets a little crispy. And... Right. Bread, sugar, and, c- and cinnamon. And you had that at the end of a meal? No, it, it's a bachelor's meal. What did you do? You had <laughs> bread? Okay, so I take some uh, Right. And then I uh, sprinkle a little sugar on it. Right. And then I put some cinnamon on top. I put it in the boiler. Oh, so we we talked about this. Remember, we talked about deconstructing bread. That would still be hamotzi. It would. It would. That would still be hamotzi in that scenario. Remember, we talked about deconstructing bread. If you remember, we we to review from an older earlier classes, the first one you have to cut them into smaller pieces and boil it first, or deep fry it. But just baked, still still hamotzi. Okay.
So eating bread and having anything after your meal in a bread meal, everything is considered subordinate to the primary bracha of bread. Terrific. This is another example of this concept of ikr and tafel subordinate to primary mazel tov. There's another type of scenario that does come up that's very similar to bread, where we say anything that comes after bread is covered by the bracha on your bread, and that is wine. Wine, we just pointed out, is considered davar chashel. It's considered significant, Right. And because of its significance, even if you had a hamotzi, you still need to make a bracha on your bari and on your wine. Be similar to that halacha because bread, because wine is so chashav, it's considered so significant. The halacha is the bracha of bari priyagafen that you recite on wine will fulfill any bracha obligation that you will have on any other subsequent drink. Let me repeat that again. A bracha on hagafen the bracha that we recite on wine is significant enough to fulfill any other halachic bracha requirement on any other drink, including coffee and tea. So thank you, Debbie. Let's go back to our earlier example. Remember, we talked about if you had coffee and tea at the end of a meal, the the Mishnah Bura says, "Uh, it's a suffix, it might be considered a dessert. The Mishnah Bura points out, by the way, if you had that on Shabbos, however, Provided that you had some of the Kiddush, if you made Kiddush, even though, by the way, the Kiddush was in the beginning, before Hamotz, it doesn't really matter, that Kiddush on wine will fulfill your obligation on the on the coffee and tea at the end of the meal. Spotted that? So the coffee and tea thing of the Mishnah Brew is only going to come out in three scenarios. Not on Shabbos, and you didn't, meaning you didn't have you didn't have wine. Or, and this is very important. In order to fulfill your, this is just taking a step aside, you have to have Kiddush. You have to hear Kiddush on Shabbos, right? You actually don't have to drink any of the Kiddush. It's an important halacha. You don't, I mean, it's it's a good idea. Even Friday night, you don't have to. It's a good idea. It's suggested, but not required. If you didn't taste any of the wine, so that doesn't count. That's not what we're talking about. This idea that wine fulfills, the bracha on wine fulfills any obligation on any other drink is provided that you actually drank some of that wine. Okay? Did you follow that? You have to actually drink some of that wine. Number three, not to make things too complicated, it's a little bit unclear in halacha where grape juice fits in on this. Grape juice is always, we, we've, I think we've bumped into grape juice before. Grape juice is a little funny. The bracha on grape juice is bore priyagafen. However, it's not really, really wine. It's certainly not as distinguished as, you know, a nice Merlot. Right. You know, should I have that like $97 bottle of Merlot or the Kedem grape juice? No offense to the good folks over at Kedem, but, you know, a nice bottle of Merlot, they're not quite the same. And it's a little bit unclear. It's, I don't know, like to, I, I don't have a good resolution. Does a bracha on grape juice fulfill your, your bracha requirements on other drinks? I don't know. It's not so simple. So what I would do is if I made Kiddush on grape juice, on Shabbos, and then I'm at that scenario, at the end of the meal, I want to have, you know, coffee or tea, I would still probably, if I could, try to find a shahakal on something else. That was a lot. Did everyone follow that? Did that make did that make sense? So again, wine. Yeah, I don't know. I think the best thing would be find something else to say a shahakal on. 
really had no options, I probably wouldn't. I try to avoid drinking this coffee or tea. That's what I would probably do. <laughs> okay. My notes are just a little bit confusing. Do I don't have to write them down for uh, rivets. I think there's not a bar like that. We do have, we do have that. You do hot eights on, on grapes. It's, it's hot eights. Hot eights on grapes, yeah. Grape juice is bore priagafen. Grapes is hot eights. Grape juice, bore priagafen. Okay. Any other questions? Questions, questions? So, sure. Like, what's your end of the table? Oh, man. Sometimes I feel like I set you guys up. That is going to be the next class. Okay. What I want to talk about next week are right, time limits for meals. Okay. How long you make a bracha? Do I make a bracha in the morning and it's the whole day? How does that work? The answer is actually possibly yes, but you're going to have to see. You're going to have to, we're going to have to, and it gets into a couple, we're going to get to lots of interruptions, have sakim, changing of location. What happens if you're on a hike? What do you do? What if you're on a 95 mile bike ride, which I've done, you know, what do you do then? So we're, we're going to cover those things, please God, next week. There's one last topic to cover, but I think I want to leave it for next week. I guess the one tricky thing, um, you know, let's save this for next week. It's too confusing. Um, so that's the story. So again, bread, the halacha is everything during the bread meal will be covered, provided that it's the sova and the muzzle, and it's considered really for nourishment or, um, you know, really for, for satiation. The exceptions would be desserts, but not pasababa kisnin desserts. The exception would be fruit, but not if the fruit is being eaten as an ingredient in some other, in other thing. The exception may have been drinks, but we follow that drinks are not considered an exception. Another exception would be wine. Wine is never covered by your hamotzi. And another potential exception would be coffee and tea at the end of a meal is a little bit unclear. And the other thing we talked about today is how wine, the bracha on wine, will fulfill any obligation that you have on any other drinks that you might have um, you know, associated with, 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 with where you are. Okay, any other thoughts, questions? Peanut butter is going to be a sh usually, okay, it's a tricky one. Because remember, we talked about earlier, if it's chunky and you can really, if you can still recognize that it's a peanut, comes from peanuts, so then I would treat it, you know, like I ate. But if it's, it's uh, if it's, I usually make a shahako. Okay. So what are you eating? Your your what's enhancing? Well, okay. So then something is enhancing something else. So what bracha? What are you eating? Are you? It's, usually we say spreads are for the thing that you're eating. So I'm having an apple. Um, for example, I'm having a cracker with mayonnaise on it. Sometimes it's not really true. We were talking last week with you, Samantha, we were talking about sometimes I really want to eat the hummus and I just have a little thing for the hummus to hold it. So in that case, it really would be the hummus. I don't know. So it would be case specific. If you're really eating it, I want the peanut butter. So it's a shahakal on the peanut butter. Now, now sometimes it's, it's, it's you want both. If it's that I really, I like the combo. So then it's the majority. 
If you're really eating it, because I like both, I like the taste of both of them together. I'm not, one is not enhancing the other. Like, so, right. It's just, it's a new mixture. Sometimes I'm really eating just, I'm really eating the hummus. And I'm just, whatever, I don't use my finger, so I use something else. But usually what's happening is the spread is usually considered subordinate to, to the other thing. Sometimes if you say, no, I really love the peanut butter, I'm really eating, somebody would say, what's the majority ingredient? And that's what you would do. And if you can't figure it out, make a bracha on both but before you eat them together. In other words, you make a bracha shahakal on the, on the peanut butter, make a hot eights or whatever it is on your on your whatever, Adam on your on your uh, banana, and that's what I would do. You've been listening to the Jewish Living Podcast with Rabbi Nahal Math. Please do us a favor and like and share this podcast, ask a question, or leave a comment.